everybody. Welcome to a slightly delayed Sonic Talk, episode 476. We're still uh, having a little bit of uh, technical difficulties with one of our guests, but it will be with us shortly. Uh, this is a podcast that talks about music technology, about music production, electronic music, synthesizers, drum machines, software, all kinds of stuff, live production, all kinds of stuff associated with uh, the business, the technology of making music. Uh, please do subscribe to the Sonic State YouTube channel uh, because we're always looking to reach that magic 100,000 subscribers. And uh, I'm looking, I've got a place for the YouTube subscribe button just there. I want to say thank you to our sponsors. Isotope are sponsoring the show with a competition uh, and you will be able to win a copy of Isotope's Neutron, which is uh, a fantastic mixing analysis and, plug, uh, and processing plugin. Uh, more on that later, probably about halfway through the show. But I want to say thank you very much to them for joining us all want to say hello to the chat room uh, that's not the chat room excuse me that's the chat room that was the ad the chat room uh sonicstate.com forward slash live is where we have an irc channel we've also got uh we're live streaming live to facebook and we stream live to youtube uh so hello to all of those people uh with us thank you very much for joining us everybody right let's um let's introduce some guests we'll start with mr david spears of g4 software uh, makers of fine um uh, playing cards, top trump, yes. vin- vintage synth, top trump, true. Uh, you, when you said you were a bit busy, I thought perhaps what you were doing, maybe you were off to the doctors to see about your RSI injury from licking so many stamps, from sending your top trumps, vintage synths, top trump, top trump to. Gosh, I I can't say that very. Well. How are you, Dave? Anyway, you well? Yes, I'm good, thank you. Excellent. Yes, no RSI here. Chris drew that short straw, so every morning he's going. I'll see you after I've done the post office. That's a kind of weird experience. So did you make enough? Or is that a a leading question? Oh, yeah, no, we made, yeah. Enough to last you for the next millennium? Probably, yeah, (laughs) yeah. No, but it's really good. VST2, of course. Oh, yes, of course. And here comes Robbie. Oh, sorry. Hello. There's Robbie Brunneman, look, who's just bumped off... uh, Ty Unwin. Oh, uh, that's all right. We weren't sure whether you were coming. Well, we'll say hello to you, Robbie Bronneman. Robbie Bronneman, who is uh, live and direct from uh, what looks like a backstage dressing room uh, with, no. the, with the light behind it. He's just back off tour, been with, on, on the road with Howard Jones and, uh, well, five weeks, right, in the States. Yeah. Well, no, actually, it was three and a half in the States and then three days off before that and then two and a half weeks in Australia. Blimey. So, do you know yeah. where you are? Have you managed to get catch yeah. up on your sleep patterns? Um, I, I went to bed at I, I literally passed out at five o'clock last night after desperately trying to stay up, and then woke up this morning at twelve o'clock. Well, I'd say this morning at lunchtime today at twelve o'clock. So, <laughs> oh well, that's good. So you'll yeah. probably be on the night shift for a little while, but uh, that's the way it yeah. goes. Well, I'm very yeah. keen to uh, to quiz you about your your japes and what have you on the road, and because we've also got Mr. Charles Chicky Reeves sublime-uk.com uh producer mix engineer you've been taught you've been doing front of house on this tour right charles yeah i was on the same tour with robbie hi robbie and uh haven't you had enough of each other yet (laughs) (laughs) we've just been sharing sharing a couple of bunks together um yeah it's been a couple of bunks i hasten to add separate bunks separate bunks (laughs) but um yeah it's been a it's been a nice long jaunt around mostly in the southern half of the united states which was uh, interesting. Good weather changes. So, but I'm, I'm yeah. I too am exhausted. I get home from the airport. I slept for about five hours. I woke up for four hours and then went back to sleep by ten o'clock last night, and then woke up at nine this morning. 
Wow. So, so the, uh, we were talking pre-show that that kind of thing when you get back from being on tour and you ha- or, or being away from a prolonged period of time when everything is scheduled and taken care of, you know, uh, and then you come back to family life or to whatever the normality of it. And it's a really weird acclimat- acclimatization uh, scenario. And I imagine, you know, that you, you've probably been going through that a little bit. Wait, oh, yeah. why don't we just get a takeout? I'm not cooking tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Where's I catering? <laughs> yeah exactly where's catering what's the wi-fi code uh, and are there showers here <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah all of those things oh it sounds yes. like great fun. so um so robbie just tell me uh so th- this was howard jones right this 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 thing yeah. was yeah and kind of stadiums just... arenas what was what sort of size venues no were it was kind of small small gigs sort of Mostly the kind of really cool sort of a sort of academy size gigs I can I guess you could liken it to in the UK. So most of them standing up, you know, kind of up to a sort of a sort of thousand kind of capacity type places. So um, yeah, and we did one we did one festival in the middle with Earth, Wind and Fire and the B fifty twos in um, in where was that? It was uh, in it was Florida, in, uh, West, Fort Lauderdale, Fort, Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, that was fun on a beach. So that was that was that was kind of fun. Oh, so we like, 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 like you said, we went from red snow to sort of tropical conditions, almost. Wow, yeah. how do you pack for that? I wonder. So B fifty twos. How how was the B fifty twos? Were you you were you handling front of house for them, or were they? Did they have their own guy? <laughs> uh, you know, actually, I, Robbie, you saw them because I I went. Yeah, I saw them. Yeah, slept. <laughs> yeah, they're great. They were great. Earth, wind, and fire. They were great. I mean, they were just like I don't know. I don't know how they would make any money because there's about a billion people on stage. <laughs> so um, yeah, it was, but they were they were really cool, and um, they got this great bass player. He must be one of the original members. He's just like I don't know. He looks like sort of the guy from Doctor and the Medics, only black. It's just like wow. a bit crazy looking. Wow, yeah, so a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, uh, perhaps you, perhaps uh, some of our topics will spring to mind some exciting uh, uh, japes, and and I want to hear I want to hear at least one anecdote from the tour from each of you by the time uh, by the time yeah. the hour's up. Anyway, let's get on and um, let's do. Uh, oh yeah, this this thing, this is the new fader port from Personas. Which is an eight-channel affair because the original was like a one-channel, which was actually pretty nifty. It's, it's kind of essentially a Mackie control type of thing, but it's got door support, cat support by the looks of things as well. Moving faders. There we go. So this is uh, yet another uh, DAW controller, but this, I mean, I don't know if those people, some people. Uh, I don't know if anybody had the original fader port. I was trying to find a picture of one actually, but I I did have one. one of these? It, it's ah, you've got one. Yeah, I've I've got two of them actually. I've I've, I've been using them for quite a long time. I, I got one for my portable rig originally, my because I wanted. I was doing it on the iPad with the Logic Control software, and it's great for. I've got all custom key commands set up in that and everything, but. I just couldn't get on with it as a fader because every time I was looking at the screen to do so, my finger would wander off to somewhere else and yeah. I realised I was doing another fader. So I wanted just like a fader so I can just do some, you know, particularly I use it for like on channels for doing actually dynamics on strings and stuff in the sort of scoring stuff more than anything. Um, but um, no, I, I love the original, although I have to say they haven't updated this they haven't updated the software for Eons, and it's got a little bit, it's got flakier and flakier working with things like Logic. Well, it's 10 so years, was, isn't it? So Something I, like that? 
yeah, well, I was excited by this because I was hoping that it must mean that there's a new software that hopefully, because looking on their website, the Fader Port is still a current product. This new, the new software that goes with this is like one of those dual installers that may have finally updated the software for the original. I don't know if anyone can shed any light on that because that would be very exciting for well, me. Yeah, there it is. That's the original. I mean, I think the thing about the original fader port was obviously the, its size and its compact nature, which is, you know, you can just put a single automated fader on the desktop, which is actually pretty cool. Although it does, does it, it did need an uh, external power supply for the motor, yeah. motor to work, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, so, definitely. yeah, so I don't know if any, I looked, I, I looked before the show to see if I could find any info, but the information's scarce. So I don't know if anybody in the chat room might know anything more about that. No, about I, these. I, okay, we'll keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mr. Charles Chicky Reeves, are you, are you a, sorry, I keep muting you because you hiss and terribly, so that's sorry, all right. When you speak, more. yeah, if you talk more, then you're all, you have to beat, you have to beat the auto game. Um, yeah. Is this something that you use? I mean, controller stuff, I mean, this this looks like a pretty compact system and it gets, gives you that sort of session, session side of things, but it also integrates really, obviously, well with the uh, Studio One, which is something that's a, a big sell on this, and you get those nice little AMOLED uh, scribble strips with fader levels by the looks of it. That looks pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like faders. I have a console you know, right behind me, which I love. Um, and uh, it, it sounds interesting to me. It's like, I, I like the fact that it's eight because typically when I work in groups or, or VCAs, I'll have eight groups or VCAs going. And so if assigning it to that, it'd be great. Uh, I don't know about individual channels necessarily. I mean, I do sort of some general rides on individual channels, but I'll do like in, in mixing, I will do a lot of rides. <clears throat> A lot of rides on on VCAs and stuff, just just to create you know different moods and sections and different intensities. How do sections. you group your VCAs? What what do you tend to put on on them? Um, like I'll have like a drum bus, uh, a separate bass bus. Um, it, sometimes it depends on how how many tracks there are, but like a lot of the stuff that I'll put together after that would be like anything that is harmonic that would be fighting with vocals. And and then you know that way I can have like a compressor on those channels that is triggered by the vocals, sort sort of knocks them out of the way. I, this is, I do this live too, um, and then I then lead vocals and backing vocals. Yeah, so. it's interesting. I mean, I, I, it took me. I didn't realize what the difference between VCAs and subgroups was for a little bit, a little while. But actually, there's a, there is quite a, a definite difference. And the, obviously, VCAs handle the send of the fader. So if you've got post fade yeah. sends and you pull it down, you're not left with ghosting effects. It kind of takes it away, and the effects right. level is relative unless you bust the effects return. Well, it doesn't work quite that way. So that's yeah. the difference. The, the VCA controls the level of the faders, whereas a subgroup is a mix of the faders, yes. which doesn't include the uh, any of the pre- or post-fade send levels. So you that, right. that's the advantage. And it's also one fader. You don't have to have a stereo yeah. fader. Is, is right. that about right? That's about right. Yeah, the VCA, audio doesn't pass through a VCA typically. Right. VCA is, is, is actually just controlling things leading that could lead into a group or lead into a mix. I mean, essentially, your mix bus in Pro Tools or whatever, yeah, um, your mix bus is, is like another type of group. It's just a dedicated you know, main left and right. But, um, and then your, your buses are separate mix, mix groups within those that then lead to the master left and right. Right. But so, but VCAs actually control what goes into those. And, you know, um, I guess VCAs are, are mostly handy for things like, um, like say for instance, if you put a, put a compressor on the bus and 
you know, like say something that drives a bit, like a decapitator or any of the other popular, you know, things that distort. You could actually have something that is not quite distorting going into it using the VCAs and the, the whole a whole series of say vocals or whatever, and then have those sort of push into that that bus that then has the decapitator decapitator on it and becomes more and more distorted, and thereby you're creating more intensity in your mix. Oh, uh, same, thing, same thing with like regular compressors. You can like have it so it's just barely compressing, and then suddenly it's like almost brick wall limiting. So ah no, that's interesting. I've not thought about using it like that, Dave. Do you, I, I'm pretty sure you used to. Did you used to go? Did you, you've been sort of the mixer slash control route? You know, flip, we flip flop generally as sort of studio owners. <laughs> There's something about having one of these that makes you feel like I need one of those because that means that I'm mixing more seriously. You know, it means that I've got a proper tool for the job, and it's going to make my <laughs> my workflow better, right? Yeah, well, that disqualifies me immediately. Uh, no, I don't. I don't. Really, I was thinking of this earlier when I was looking at it. I was thinking, oh, yeah, it looks great. I've got the little monitor station thing. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not wild about, you know, it's got the blue knob and stuff. And that started crackling not long after I got it. So I was kind of like, hmm. Uh, but that's really useful. This, I don't think I'd really use it, partly because I don't mix tracks. When I'm in door mode, it's usually real detailed audio like forensic stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for that, I've got, you know, key commands and various bits of software that do various things. So, yeah, it's funny. Whilst I feel I should have something like this, <laughs> I don't really have any need for it. Well, I think, I mean, I think, you know, it's a testament to the fact that the original is still in production, has been for eight or, eight or nine years. And lots, I've got one somewhere, but I can't remember. I think I lent it to somebody and I can't remember who it was. And I've always wanted to get it back because I, I think. It wasn't me, by the way. It wasn't, yeah, okay, that's fine. That's good to know. <laughs> uh, that does look pretty good. I mean, the one thing is just a USB. And I did actually, it's about 480 quid. Uh, I did actually see, I know there's uh, there's also this guy, which is the Behringer uh, X Control, which has the same sort of I deal. I that as well. Uh, but it's also got Ethernet, which means it does RTP MIDI, and it means you can control as well. You've got that as well, Robbie. I mean, that's a very similar um, yeah. Yeah. thing. It's a bit bigger, I think, as well, and it's a Behringer that some people, you know, have a problem with. But I got that one to go with the um, the you know the XR20, the the you know the one you like. I've got one of those rack- XR18. XR18. Yeah, I've got one of those. To go with that primarily. Um, I am planning to use it in the studio. Um, I was just a little bit disappointed because I didn't realise the scribble strips, the, all the colour coding and everything only works proprietary with um, things like the XR18. It doesn't work with other doors. Ah, okay. So you, because it just comes up as just standard, like you know, displays. Yeah, I don't think there's a Mackie uh, protocol for colorization of scribble strips, is there? So it's a shame. It's just, it's a shame, perhaps, that it wasn't like. Um, the same as the the avid ones, you know, that I've forgotten what you call something yeah. like that. It's a little bit more, a little bit more detailed. Uh, but anyway, no, I'm 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 going to get that in the studio at some stage. And how does that it, how does that work with the XR18? Is it integrated? No, because there's a mode, isn't there, for that that you can actually get it to talk directly. It's a sort of boot mode. Yeah, for that. exactly. So you can. Like, it just works like then. It works almost like you've got a hardware mixer, you know, but with a remote you can remote unit. So you know, mm. I've, I've only used it a couple of times so far. I used it to track a bit of drums with with Simon. Um, um, but yeah, no, it's, I love, I mean, I think those units are great as do you, as does Gaz, does, does a lot of other people. Yeah. 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 Oh, excellent. So we've got the XR18 fan club, Uh, apart from the fact that you, the only reason you can tell it's on is there's an orange light on it. Apart from that, there's absolutely nothing else to tell you what's going on under the hood. 
Which, and, oh, and it also does, it slightly kills my internet here at the studio for some reason. Really? Yeah, right. yeah. There's if I turn it off, I get. You know what? Oh, you set set on. the SSID channel manually for your router, mm-hmm. and then it'll because usually I, I've been through this. What you do is you set your SSID channel. I think it's to either one or five, which gives you the widest range, but the one that's less likely to have interference from other ones. So there, there's a whole okay. load of, you can read up on it. If you change your uh, your your main Wi-Fi for that to to a specific channel, then it won't interfere. It will keep away from the other ones. That's worth. Oh, okay, yeah, that's a good idea because I I love the XR18. I mean, I use it as a keyboard submixer, and it's excellent for that. I I track through it sometimes, uh, but yeah, if I I have to turn like to talk to you, for example, on 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 this program, I have to turn it off. Otherwise, I end up with all kinds of interference problems. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, this has turned into something more than just the but the the, the persona <laughs> the persona's fader port eight. It, it does look really yeah. tasty, and it, as I say, it's got a very small footprint, which I think you know if you have it in the centre, because as we know, you know, as we miniaturise everything, you know, screen real estate becomes, uh, sorry, desktop real estate become becomes an issue as well, particularly with all these little boxes all over the place. But it does look really good, and people are raving about it. And uh, personas have said, you know, that they've it's been their number one request for such a long time for a new product so it's finally here so i thoroughly recommend you check it out but dave you're not going to be going for the midi controller uh, anytime soon then it's funny i've been offered a a, a kind of semi-permanent loan of a old midas heritage uh, heritage uh desk which i'm going to use well which i want but again it's footprint because it's it's a bit massive but i love i I used to do it with the Mackie, you know, it was just literally like put all the synths into it and then when you get on a kind of live jam, you've got all your fades and your groups and stuff like that, whereas the idea of doing it with the old Midas sounds pretty cool, but I'm afraid synths take priority, so yeah, we have well, to see what space is left in our new place before we go, yes, we'll have that desk, thank you. Can't, can't you, can't you um, do what they used to do to old Neves, which is sort of cut out the EQs and the mic amps and just have them in little little 500 racks, or is that sacrilege? Well, this is uh, this would be a loan, so... Ah, yeah, Problema- <laughs> problematic. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I've just hacked your desk up. I possibly get a heritage in there, that would be... That's absolutely huge. That's a lot. Uh, no, it's it's uh it's we're moving to a new place in the, in the early oh. in the new year. Ah, coolio. So it's going to be the first time where we'll have absolutely everything in one room, which oh, we've never oh. really had with the, all of the synths. So it's like actually they should take priority. The last thing we want to do is stick a massive mixing desk in there, and it's flight cased as well, so it's even bigger than normal. So, and so you're go, not going to have anything f- at home. Sorry. I might keep a small. I might keep a small system here, but no, the idea is to have a proper working to go place to work. Where yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be a kind of novelty. Yeah, that's why. I, that's why I bought that bike. My insane stealth bomber. I bought an electric. Oh, I don't know whether I told you. I bought an electric bike. This is completely off topic. It's insane. <laughs> it's insane. You have to pedal it, so it's not like you know a posh mobility scooter. The tires are super fat. They're like made for sand dunes and stuff in the States. And you can, I shouldn't say this, but you can get them chipped. So like, they go faster. Like the first, yeah. They really do go faster, like kind of dangerously fast in the woods. 
So it's like I remember back in the day, uh, kids of uh, sixth form kids at my school used to get their Gilera G50s and their uh, Yamaha FS1e reboard. So the the pistons were bigger, so there was much less metal in the actual head, but they would go really, really fast. <laughs> and I think they brought Law in to stop you doing that because it was. This yeah, is quite. Uh, uh, I'll just tell this really briefly. So Chris, my business partner, is a mad cyclist. He has about you know ten bikes. They're all amazing and he does an insane amount of miles a year and has got serious injuries anyway when i told him about it i was like dude i could get there like in about 10 15 minutes with this thing and i was talking to him about it and i wanted him to check it out and he was just constantly going no no it's against my principles this whole electric bike thing is against my principle anyway i persuaded him i showed him a picture of it because it looks like a kind of big fat stealth bomber and eventually he relented and agreed to try it and he took it around the block for a spin and he came back grinning from ear to ear and he went you know the first time you got on a de-restricted moped it's that <laughs> excellent well uh, um, uh, yes I, I guess we should probably bring it back to topic yeah. with perhaps another uh, another another one of our uh, our topics oh this is cool this is the new modular for Plankton Electronics Kickstarter campaign. There's quite a lot of Kickstarters happening at the moment. This is uh, called Ants, uh, which doesn't it doesn't reflect on the size of the GUI, but it's a four oscillator, two LFOs, two ADSRs, a bunch of stuff, and this is like a little desktop. So it looks like a lot of. I mean, it, it's that format that is really going strong for people at the moment, and this is some sounds from it. And I'm liking the look of this. I guess with four oscillators, you could have separate signal paths and do all sorts of stuff in there. Let's have a look. I think it's on Kickstarter, isn't it? Anyway, we'll, we won't look at too much more of that, but it looks kind of fun. And Robbie, I'm going to come to you first because you right. said you weren't going to buy any more gear. <laughs> I'm wondering whether or not you're starting to have uh, second thoughts about that, uh, that uh, pre-New Year. It looks a bit like the make noise one a bit for some yes, reason. I don't, I don't know what you mean. I think it's the thing it's the knobs, I think. But um no, it looks nice. I mean I've got the little um uh, oh, my brain isn't in gear today. Someone help me out. The the one from America with the red on the sides of it. Red on the sides of it. Oh phenol. 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 Yes. I've got that little semi module which I like because it's kind of real that one is really like sort of like the sound laboratory because it's got the banana plugs and you know, if you touch them ever so slightly, it all, something goes all wrong. You know, I like that one. It's kind of really unpredictable. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this looks great. I mean, I, I just not in – I don't want any more synths. I've rationalised down what I've got. I've got a very simple setup now over here. I've got my modular and the OB6 and the P6 modules and the um, the OP1 and the DeepMind 12, and that's kind of, you know, I'm just trying to stick with a set amount of things, really. Oh, that's um, it. Interesting. Yeah. You, you're so because obviously you got one of the deep mines that, that which I think I saw there were announcements that went past somewhere that they're starting to show up in the stores in certain places. Have you been using that? Actually, I, have, I, have, I when I well I when I finally got round to opening it up and disconnecting the fan because it was it was on it was mine was set to be on full blast and I didn't know there was a setting to turn it down so it was like a wind tunnel for a while so I couldn't use it on anything without driving myself insane. But I just disconnected the fan because it didn't need it. And, um, yeah, I, I have started to use it, and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I've got a project starting in the new year, um, which I'm hoping to use it on quite a bit, a new film project that we're scoring. So, um, yeah, 
And yeah. of course, you got patch number one, which you have to use on the film. Oh, Dave, uh, do you think this could be a gateway synth for your uh, your introduction into your record? Is it just too fiddly for you? You're muted, I believe. Sorry, that's all right. Stupid. That's, a drink, that's a drink for well. someone. A drink for someone out there. Yeah, I'll have that one. <laughs> um, I don't. I like the sound of this. Uh, I need to know more about it. I thought it was interesting. I mean, they're very close, aren't they, to funding, and they've still got 24 days to go. Yeah, but there was got... something else that you sent as an afterthought. And 24,000 euros, yeah. I, I want that. I want, I want the thing that we might well, talk we'll about. Well, we'll get to the later. other Kickstarter. Yeah, there seems to be three Kickstarters on this one. So, yeah, so that, that, that but, so the other thing. Right, okay. I Yeah, no, I like the sound of this. I like the cross mod. I was trying to work out this whole four oscillators thing, but that's obviously part of the whole uh, cross mod stuff but yeah no I, I kind of need to learn a little bit more about it but it looks good looks good sounded good yeah doesn't sound bad at all okay charles how about yourself are you are you yeah uh, are you it, it looks really nice it sounds i love the sounds of it um i just bought a mother 32 mm. finally oh did you so i'm gonna yeah it's uh i i just took it out of my suitcase <laughs> because i had took that in the the organelle out of my suitcase and uh yeah, but like Robbie, I just I've got I've got so many cents, and I just I just cannot rationalize buying. More. I mean, I my hopefully my my wife isn't watching this show because I she doesn't know that I bought that and everything. Else. <laughs> <laughs> How much? She also, she also doesn't know I own the tape machine either. So, <laughs> whoops. Um, but yeah, I, I just I <laughs> I have to be. I, I cannot buy more synths right now. I've got too many. And what I need to do is I need to be making songs, not noises. And, you know, as, so I'm trying to keep down to just a few things that you know, I have the OP1, which I use on everything. And I've got, you know, my mini brute, which I use on everything and all my Korg stuff, the mini log and all that stuff. I use, mm. I use that on, on everything. But uh, aside from that, I just, in these two new pieces, of course, you know, I just really cannot rationalize buying something else. But then I heard, watched that video today. And I thought, God, this does sound really nice. And it's four oscillators. So. Yeah, that's pretty unusual. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, but it's got LFOs as well, because quite often in something that size, you'd expect the oscillators, one of them to be, you know, sacrifice or two to be an LFO. But I'm guessing you could do that as well if you want. It's, I haven't got a close up of the. Oh, uh, yeah, here we go. Here's the close up. But it's quite hard to see. Uh, let's see if we can. Yeah, make... that's what I've been scrutinizing ever since. Can this I came make that through? any bigger? Uh, no, it's one of those. One of those that's really hard. Yeah, uh, no, that looks like LFOs, doesn't it? Oh, it's hard to say, but yeah, look, I, I mean, good, good on them. I mean, and the desktop, I, I guess that's the other thing about these small synths for the touring musician, because I remember coming back from the States and bringing back the little Lexicon LXP1 and LXP5 because they were small enough. You could get them in your suitcase and, you know, bypass the import duty, perhaps, if you were. But whereas, you know, well, this, this, these tiny little synths, it's very tempting to do, right? It's hardly yeah. worth it, though. I mean, we, we were just in, well, Chicky and I and Howard and uh, Johnny went to the Moog factory, Moog factory, sorry. Sorry if anyone's watching, he's going to slap my wrist. To went, too, yeah, we went, we, went to, we went to the factory when we were there and got, got, a, got a guided tour and even got taken into the research and development department, which nobody ever gets to go into. Uh, met, met all the people, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but it actually, the, even, even with a bit of discount, it was actually... The exchange rate is so shocking that it was virtually the same price by about ten pounds right. for the UK. 
So, oh uh, well. Literally. In fact, some things in America ended up being more expensive, if you can yeah. imagine that. Oh, oh, the, oh, the anyway, this one is, uh, let's have a look. Uh, they're shipping. It looks like they're going to be shipping. Where does it say? Uh, April 2017, which is promising. Uh, they've got 24,000 uh, of 27 goal, and they've still got almost a month to go, which is really good. I mean, it's nice to see that. And that's something that seems to be, you know, that we've got three Kickstarters on this, and that seems to be uh, the uh, the way that it's working at the moment. So anyway, um, that's yeah. the... What's the name of it now? It's the Plankton Ants. Electronics Ants. Ants. So do check that out. I think that could be kind of fun. Right. Um, I think it's time for perhaps a little word from our sponsors. This is Isotope Neutron. The mix analysis and processing tool enables you to kind of make sense of a mix with all sorts of... Uh, the mix assistant tells you kind of maybe where there's clashing frequencies, suggests processing by figuring out that it's a bass track or it's a guitar track and saying, try this, or a vocal track. Helps you construct a mix in a much more kind of measured way rather than like the most of us perhaps who just push all the phase up and then suddenly go, oh, we're nearly ready to mix and then you've got to think about it then. Whereas this could help you all the way through. You can, I, I say, I've visually identified frequency collisions, which is really handy for perhaps EQing certain tracks and cleaning up the mix. Of course, you can check this out, isotope.com forward slash neutron. You get the usual 10-day demo, uh, and you can really check it out properly. Lots of brand new fancy DSP programming from the boffins at Isotope as well. So that's it, Isotope Neutron. Please do check it out. And of course, we have a competition, uh, which is, uh, we asked you last week to tweet the hashtag, uh, what was it, Mixmaster and uh, uh, Neutron. And we have a winner. The, the winner is called, someone called Uncabled underscore Mess, which I thoroughly approve of, because that's kind of what my place is like a lot. So, uh, Mr., uh, I think it's Omnipulse, I think that's how you pronounce his handle. Uh, the Twitter handle is at, ca at cabled underscore mess. Please do uh, make yourself known to us and we'll get the mix assistant off to you. We've also got a competition for this week. Uh, you can win, uh, again, a copy of Isotope Neutron. We're looking for the hashtag mix assistant and the hashtag Neutron to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. That's via Twitter. So the hashtag Mix Assistant, that's all one word, and the hashtag Neutron, that's N-E-U-T-R-O-N, to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And once again, we thank the guys and gals at Isotope for sponsoring the show. Very much appreciated. Uh, so, yeah, we had the best-selling synths for 2016, according to Reverb, which is a uh, an interesting uh, list. Reverb, I think, as far as I can tell, I mean, they do, it's more like a marketplace. It's kind of like, almost like an eBay for music stuff because you get to post your own things. Retailers can post there, so you get these subshots. So they've basically created this list. And there's, uh, as you can imagine, a, a number of uh, uh, Korg budget items in there, but a number of other things in there as well, which I was a bit surprised at. Anybody got, see any surprises on this list? Dave, You were was there anything in there you thought, my goodness, I didn't think they sold a lot of those? I was very surprised that that uh, it was the thing that... Um Chicky just mentioned that. Oh, organelle. yes, the Criticatari, the organelle, yeah. It's like, wow. Wow, one of the, the, that's the third best selling item released in 2016. I, so, yeah. It surprised me too. Yeah. 
much a surprise them, I'd imagine, to be perfectly honest. But I, I mean, I, I, so it's a bit difficult to figure out how that could possibly work because you've got kind of, I think the Dave Smith's Instruments OB6 is the fourth best selling, and then, uh, but the highest grossing, it doesn't actually appear. Oh yes, it does. It appears at number eight. So I, I couldn't quite figure out all of the kind of dynamics of this, but uh, it's an interesting thing. What about you? Well, Charles, you obviously used it to influence your buying decisions because you bought an organelle. Um, I bought an organelle. How many of the things on there do you own? Organelle. Um, yeah, let's see. Are the are the best-selling items out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven items? I own ten of them. Wow. wow. <laughs> so you you I mean depending on depending on the sample size that could, you could have actually, you could have actually been one of the major influences in that list. <laughs> oh, I, could, yeah. I could be. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean, it's, again, that's why I need to not be buying anything else. That's just seeing something get... that makes a cool noise, and I just think, oh, I got to own that. Mm. Yeah. Wow. It's like <laughs> that joke, right? isn't it? Your biggest fear is that when you die, your wife will sell your synths for the price that you told her you paid for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was, I was yeah. Robbie. By the highest grossing, um, by the Teenage Engineering OP1. Cause yeah, number two, I, the highest you know, grossing it, dollar amount. You know, it's, I mean, I absolutely love mine. I know Chicky loves his, and I know Gaz loves his. Everybody, everybody I know, and Johnny, who's on, you know, drumming with Howard, he bought one a few months ago, and he's absolutely in love with his. Um, for, for an instrument that's been out for so long, you know, and obviously they've just updated it again, it's just enduring just how many people seem to be discovering it, and obviously, you know, it's, it's, it's paid dividends for them as a company. It's interesting. I mean, I'm surprised not to see one of these on that, you know, the uh, circuit, because... That for me is is one of the most exciting things I've bought for a while, and you know I know it's starting to sound like I'm endorsing it, but I'm starting to use it a lot more, and I'm thinking, well, actually, I could replace a couple of the synths in my setup with that because it would make the whole thing simpler. Um, this is for live, obviously, it would make things so much simpler because the thing I played this gig uh, in Winchester a couple of weeks ago, and the one thing that were real problematic was the repatching of the uh, Dreadbox Erebus, which sounds fantastic, but it's so easy in the panic of oh my god, it's taken me more than twenty seconds to to, to switch songs. I might have knocked the tuning and I don't really realise it until I listen back to the recording of the gig and it's sort of all a bit spoiled. So I'm thinking, you know, um, yes. But I'm surprised not to see that there because um, I think that's probably selling pretty well as well, but maybe not in via reverb. I don't know. Hey, maybe yeah. maybe yeah. I got to get one of those. Ah, well, yeah. Yes, Robbie. Sorry. I don't got, I've got a terrible delay. It's just shocking internet, I think, today. Um, uh, that unit you're talking about, the, the, the Novation. Yeah. Uh, can you is there like a custom controller mode where you can kind of map it to however you want and just use it as a MIDI controller sadly not but I wouldn't be uh -huh. surprised if that does come doesn't come along I mean the thing is is you could easily use like you know well as you launchpad pro or something with it because that's got a, a but yeah no not at the moment as far as I can tell. I'm using I'm using machine mark 2 live because it's uh, it's got all the features I need for launching samples and stuff, which I want a custom interface where I can change the colour of the of the pads so I know for each song which what pads I've got to press. And I need like eight knobs for additional control of ables and stuff. But it's just so big, the machine, and I was looking at that thinking that would be the perfect... And they need to be touch-sensitive. And I was looking at that thinking that would make a perfect well, you, replacement. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, I mean, it would work, um, but it would be fixed so you'd have to just learn the, the assignments out of it and just you know use it mute but you've got essentially nine knobs and all of those buttons which you can't change the color of the pads you know for different like pages i don't know but i think i've heard 
so, I remember, remember when we did the launch event and uh, the guy Ollie who was uh, was showing it. He was saying at some point they were talking about releasing maybe a custom, you know, the API, so that or the or, or you know something that would allow you to get in there and start reconfiguring it. But yeah. I, I may uh, be wrong about that, I, and, okay. and it wouldn't surprise me because they're releasing stuff at a pace. But uh, yeah, Dave, how many of those have you got then? Uh, I don't know. I didn't look. It'd be a laugh if I haven't got any. I think maybe you haven't got any of them looking at this. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm just... I think the problem is is that this is very mainstream and being a hipster... Yeah. You need what, you, beard. what you need is the one from 1983. Yes, exactly. Oh. Actually, funny enough, I had... A, oh, no, I can't really I had a meeting with the film director last, last week and we were, we were talking about synths of a certain era and it was just on the cusp of the early 80s and it was just like, wow, wow. You know, trying to sort of work out exactly what was around at that point and what wasn't after. Anyway, yeah, I digress. No, I haven't got anything. Well, uh, it's good. It's good to see. There's the uh, in the grossing highest grossing. The sub thirty seven is there. That's the only Moog I can see in there. I think in the top ten, but it's in the. Oh, I've got a sub thirty seven. You got a sub thirty seven. Ah, there you go. Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. I'm mainstream. Way. Well, it's yeah. Excellent. Anyway, though that was a bit of fun. Uh, we should probably uh, crack on because we've got a few others to 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 get through. Uh, what's this one? Ah, oh, I don't know whether to do this or to do the. Co- well, let's do the coma first, and then we'll come back to the other one if we get the time. Because I think this is uh, this is something that a lot of people are excited hey, about. I'm Walter from Coma Electronic, and this is our latest product, the Coma Electronic Field Kit. A little box made for experimentation with electroacoustic elements. The field kit is inspired by experimental electroacoustic performance techniques as discovered by our heroes like John Cage, Steve Reich and David Tudor. By using contact microphones and electromagnetic pickups, sensors and switches, you can generate sounds from ordinary objects and process it inside the field kit. Right, I won't go through the entire skit, uh, but it's got some really cool features. It's got an AM/FM radio, CV tunable, controllable. It's got piezoelectric <laughs> pickups, so you can run like motors and, and 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 contact mics into it. And it's uh, it's it's again, it's another Kickstarter. But what's the problem? You know, you think this is kind of pretty niche, but you look at the Kickstarter page. They're looking for twenty thousand euros. They're now. I mean, this has gone up by thirteen thousand euros since the beginning of the program. It's now over a hundred k they've got and, and that's just i mean for the size of a company like that that is mental and i know ty was really interested in this um but it just seems like it seems to have caught somebody's imagination this looks really fun and i know uh both of you guys are saying i'm not buying any more synths but i'm looking at your no eyes more i could synths. i no could more synths. yeah but chicky it's not really a synth is it oh. it, it isn't it isn't but i i cannot imagine why I would buy that. Okay. I mean, it's cool. It's cool, but but I like making music. I'm not really. That just sounds like I'd make lots of strange noises I could never use in any way. But but it's cool. I I I, I can see that in an, in an alternate universe, a way you didn't have to work for a living. Yeah. Yeah. That that's <laughs> I'd be really into <laughs> exactly. Uh, the account, you, know, you, you get this infinitely li- wealthy and everything. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> This this uh, it comes that you can get this little uh, ex- extra kit which has got uh, solenoid DC motor uh, patch cables contact mics that sort of thing 
I know it seems to. I mean, people seem to want it, uh, and it really is going. And I'm really happy for them because, kind of, you know, these, these guys are kind of quite boutique, and a hundred k pledge has got to make a pretty big difference to a company like that, I'd imagine. Oh, tempted, Robbie? I'm guessing you'd probably feel much the same way, right? I've, well, I, I do like things. Uh, I am seduced by things that are a little bit weird and crazy. Um, but I'm I, having bought quite a few in the past, I'm a little bit dubious, like, like Chicky, that I might spend a load of time making loads of noises that never actually f- end up in any of the projects I'm working on. But uh, it does look like a lot of fun, and I can see people who are really experimental would, would jump on this, you know, straight away. So, I mean, I, you know, perhaps when I've got a bit more time, I might, I might be interested in looking at some of this, but my schedule's so busy at the moment, I've just got to get, I've just got to get work done. Yeah, well, that's the problem. By the time you're not busy, you, uh, the, the knobs and buttons are going to be too small for you to actually see. So, you know, that's, that's the other thing <laughs> i think about. Dave, I, I'm not sure this is for you, but it's, it's like that, it's sort of it reminds me of those old electronic kits that you used to get as a kid you know would make a radio or a, a, a blinky light or something you know it's got that same appeal hasn't it it's like kind of electronics kits for uh for grown-ups uh yeah i want this i really want this i don't i want what? everything that this company makes it's you know that mega yeah, sequence uh, mad cv thing i just i've been chris holds the purse strings and i've been going up for a while is there any chance uh, can we get that big and then the clock machine they make i think is brilliant and yes i want this i think it's really well priced i kind of it's a bit like the bike thing i have this sort of thing about oh i'm going to buy this because it'll get me out of my chair and it'll get me out of the house and it'll well, this will do the to I'd do imagine. things it's yeah. a bit like cameras well no i love the idea of Taking this round to somebody's house and annoying the crap out of them. No, um, no, for me, I want it. I want it. I'm, I'm literally hovering over the button, and I have been. It's for, well, it's not bad. What is it? It's uh, 159 bucks for euros for the DIY version. 200 bucks for the uh, uh, that yeah. with the field kit. Two, uh, t- I mean, 200 euros. 200. I mean, you know, it's not an excessive amount of money, and it uh, even the box looks fun. Is that about 400 pounds now? Uh, I think it's about six hundred pounds. Yeah, okay. no, yeah, I, yeah, it, but it is, yeah, but it, uh, yeah, it's it's great to see that that something like this has captured the imagination of these people. And again, this is going to be delivered. Uh, where is it? March two thousand seventeen. So it's you know it's not like next year. The middle, you know, you might get it. You might get it while the winter's still on, and you actually do want to stay in and uh, do this rather than be outside. Assuming any of us. Yeah, are but it's just that kind of moving around thing. It's like, oh yeah, I could do, go over here and do that, and go over here. Whereas normally I'm kind of sat here going. I'll do that just after I finish this thing here that I'm working on. And then you get to that and, oh, well, actually, I better finish this whole section that I'm working on. So, yeah, no, but I think this is, I think it's a really inspired idea. And I, and I like them as a company, so. Yeah. yeah I, I, I remember the acoustics of that room because Ed went to visit them in Berlin and uh, I used Isotopes RX on it to cut some of that bloody reverb off it because it was really, really difficult to hear what they were saying. They were very far away. Yeah, anyway. That, uh, I posted something on Facebook just saying, I've used RX since every, you know, since the very first iteration, and there is not, I'm deeply immersed in it at the moment on the project, and there is not a time I've gone to use it where it doesn't make me at some point go, wow. I've taken these tapes that were just absolutely mashed, and they sound amazing. You need to know what you're doing, but yes, anyway, enough publicity for RX, but it is blooming brilliant. Ah, oh, this is fun. Look at this. This was a here is a milestone. 
we are proud to present the Yamaha DX7 and DX. This is the original demonstration tape cassette from 1983, which was uh, is full of uh, just a, a, an enormous amount of musical styles. This is reminding me of. Uh, I can't remember what the word is that that the Steve Austin space thing where the band play there's an electronic band in space there we go so there's one bit of music let's see let's try some other styles oh that's kind of much the same I think it gets kind of very 80s in yeah That's more like it. You know, it's really funny, this, because it seems like a really effective way to market something. Just, there's the sound, that's what it sounds like. And I was looking back, I was thinking, you know, DX7, I'll just revisit some of the facts and figures about this. DX7 in 1983, $1,900, right? Which is about five grand in today's money. I mean, remember, think about that, folks. Flipping out. That is, I know, it really shocked me. And they reckon there were 200,000 made. I'm guessing this is across all iterations. So just think about that for a minute. That's no wonder Yamaha are so big. I mean, 200,000 units at the equivalent of $5,000 today. Hmm, what's that, 50 million? I mean, that's an enormous amount of money. More, I don't know. I haven't done the maths. Um, Dave, you do, you mem- do you remember these kind of things fondly? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing you might have actually listened to that cassette at some point nearer to its a, a, a time of origin. Yeah, I knew um, Dave Bristow years ago, who was one of the people who voiced it alongside this guy, Gary Lohenberger. Uh, and they voiced it quite quickly. That To me, that was a whole trippy thing, to voice a synth within a very short time frame uh, before release and then just to hear it on, like, every single hit record for years and years and years. I actually... So we all know the famous DX7 joke, uh, which I won't repeat on air because it'll get you banned from if well yeah, get you banned from don't. the internet i did manage to slip this in at synth fest about euro rack which was quite entertaining although i think i stumbled i think the timing was a bit off but um it really was the ubiquitous <laughs> synth wasn't it for so long i remember going i used to watch you know go to these kind of not trade shows but you know music fairs i remember going to the one CS80, Dave uh, Bristow, CS80, and he's a phenomenal musician as well as a patch guy. Uh, and then he did the GS1 and the GS2, which was the kind of very early FM, super yeah. hi-fi. That's the Toto, Rosanna, and Africa and stuff like that. And then the DX7. But you see, by the time the DX7 had come along, you had that whole... You'd walk into a store and you go, I'm kind of interested to this, uh, interested in this. Can you tell me about it? And... The guy would hit, it wasn't on the DX7, but all the Roland stuff had ROM play demos, didn't they? And they'd yeah, just kind yeah. of press the button and walk away. And within about two minutes, you'd be going, I hate that synthesizer, or I want to buy it. The DX7 was, yeah, I mean, it's just Didn't phenomenal. have any demos, did it? But I no, I'm sure didn't. I remember a Flexi disc or something on the front of a magazine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was just... I remember going in, and uh, the band I was in at the time... The keyboard player was having to make a decision between the DX7 and the DX9, and the, and the 9 was, you know, the one that he had the money for, and, you know, actually, probably, and that's what he bought, but I know that he regretted not walking out with the 7 for so long. In fact, weirdly enough, uh, Chris and myself have just been given a DX7 Mark 1. 
Oh. And it all works. Dude, FM. Well, you saw it on that list, didn't you? The sales list called Volker FM. FM's, FM is the new analogue. Doesn't do pulse width modulation, though, does it? Yeah, well, that's, that's one your for the, fetish. That's one for the synth mean group. No, it's not my fetish. <laughs> it's not, honestly. I mean, I really... I love really, that meme. That meme is superb. There's so you many of PWM, bro? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, um, Charles. I don't think I, I. I don't. It's it's a funny it's a funny thing, isn't it? To think that that many of those synthesizers were made. I mean, that's that's a kind of golden era, isn't it? And and at that price, I mean, how the hell did they sell them all? Where who did they well, sell them to? Yeah, I remember I was debating about getting one when they first came out, and it was the price that. I mean, I was just a young, young. I was an infant back then, no, I, but I was a young, struggling musician, and I had, just didn't have that kind of money. And the, the, where, where I was living, I was living in uh, Dallas, Texas, at the time that that came out, and that and it had one dealership per city. I don't know if they did this in the UK, but they had one dealership per city, and if you wanted to buy it, you had to go to that particular dealership, and there was no negotiating on the price. So they got full price for it every single time. And uh, so they, they sort of squeezed the market that way. But it was also, it was like, this, it was the sound of the future. And, it, and when I listen to this this uh, demo <laughs> of it, I just think, to me, it's like a, it's a vaporwave dream come true. You know, I just, I love all this, all the stuff and everything. Well, I've got to get an original copy of that and sample that and make something new out of it. But, um, but yeah, it, it was, it was, it was exactly what the future was meant to be in, you know, 1983. So. Yeah, I mean, but that they what they did really well was kind of divide it down. You know, I think I bought a DX twenty one. Uh, that was the oh. first thing I could afford. And I know Robbie, you had a similar experience, didn't you? I can't. I, had, did... I had a friend who had a DX seven who I could borrow from, and I borrowed it. And then eventually, I got a DX nine from ABC Music in in Slough, and um, I just I hated it with a passion. Because it was like, you can never get the sounds to load in with the old all that shit with the tape machine and all that business. Um, but um, I, I then quickly went into the, I got into the the Casio ones after that. I, you know, I got a CZ1000 and a CZ1 and I got on much better with those. Got much more meaningful things out of it and I actually programmed them myself. Whereas the DX7 or the DX, I just couldn't, I just couldn't fathom them really. No. But you know, I, I've I've rediscovered a love of FM in recent years. You know, with things that are a bit more accessible. Um, and certainly, I love the little FM thing on the OP One. I use that load. So, yeah, and no, I'm you know I do have fond memories of it because of so much of the music of the day that I was kind of inspired by to want to get into electronic music was kind of using the DX7. Um, I hasten to add, not all the R and B stuff, just use the electric piano, but you know the other kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so do, do, no, do, I mean, do, do. Every, every kind of tracks use that classic FM bass. The spiky bass was on pretty much every single track. Um, so yeah, I, I've got I've got fond memories of it. Um, but I mean, I remember the the ROM play thing. The first thing that got me for that was when I cut, this guy came to our school in Maidenhead and had a little rig with an MT32, uh. and he played. Played Jan Hammer's Crockett's theme, just using an MT32. I was just like, I was just like, I was just like, wrapped in the headlight. I was just like, that is it for me. And I went and got a D10, you know, because it was kind of like the next best thing, you know, the keyboard version. Um, but yeah, so I, I remember those demos fondly, did <laughs> whatever they were, Nutcracker, or whatever, or Sugar Plum Fairy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Flight, <laughs> of the bum- Flight of the Bumblebee, let's not forget that. Yeah, all those things, yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I could never get out of it what those demos did though. That was always this, that was always a slightly weird thing, you know, with the, with the polyphony and everything. They were very cleverly programmed those demos. Yeah. I mean, it was you know, it was like a little bit of smoke and mirrors because it made you think you could get a whole lot more out of them than you actually really could. Well, if you if you were into programming system exclusive uh, and sending those parameter changes super fast, you probably could have just about done it. But I mean, because I remember on the D, so I, my, I I saw the M32 and I really I was like, yeah, this is it. You know, all those voices, all that multi temporality but I couldn't handle the lack of output, so I waited and I waited and I waited for the D110, which was D110, the thing that I wanted, yeah, which I've still I've still got it actually somewhere. I should probably pull the battery out of it before it leaks and blows everything. But uh, yeah, and, also, and, and but bizarrely. The reason I like that is because of all the outputs, because you could process all the drums separately, whereas now it's kind of like, well, you know, I just want it stereo pair, please. It's easy life. You know, it's funny, isn't it? My favourite bit with that was I used to I used to pitch bend the, the drums up by about six six semitones and get this really cool kind of drum sound. Ah, oh, yeah, okay. you could do yeah. that. You could bung them through yeah. pitch bend, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah, that's right, yes. I used to write that in. I had a D20. That was my first thing with a sequencer, and I used to I used to perform solo gigs, and it would take about nearly forty five seconds to load each song from a <laughs> floppy disk. And I had to sort of say talk amongst yourselves, kind of thing, because I was absolutely hopeless at talking to audiences. So um, yeah, I sort of remember that excruciating time. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it was the same for me. Did the MT thirty two going into a store, and they would like hold off, hold off, because the D one uh, the D one ten is coming, and I went for the D ten in the end because I, I wanted the keyboard. Brilliant, brilliant gizmo. But that ROM play was like genius, really, for stores because the store guy yeah. didn't have to have any chops at all. He didn't really have to know anything about the machine. He just, just had to know to press. Walk away, have a fag, and come back, and you were either there with your money or out the door. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> you like this one? D d d d d yeah. Oh, no, not that one. Hold on. D d d d yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all of that stuff. Anyway, a uh, nice bit of nostalgia there, but I, I, that was uh, yeah. that's from um, and, and who were they from? Encyclotronic.com. Uh, that's where that that showed up, which is a kind I of. Think, sorry, I think the only thing that beat the DX7 in sales was the M1. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was a quarter, a quarter of a million. Blimey, that's just a story. I had one of those. Yeah, I, I've still. I, I think I've still got. No, I haven't. I've. Uh, I lent the O one FD. Well, the O one. W, that's what was the next one. I had, a, I did have an M1, then I got an O1 because the piano sound was more now. <laughs> and it's come back. It's coming back. Yeah, the M1 piano. Anyway, let's, uh, what about this then? This is another Kickstarter, but you can't buy it because it's gone. This is, we'll finish with this one just because it's a bit of fun. Do you remember the first time you streamed the video on your smartphone? At that moment, you were no longer tied to your living room for your entertainment or to your office for work. You could access your content anywhere. But there's one small problem. Yeah, no, I don't want to listen to that. Let's have a look at this. Let's get to the, let's cut to the chase. This is the... We did. Introducing Spud, the spontaneous pop-up display. Spud is a high-resolution, 24-inch display that collapses down to the size of a book and weighs less than two pounds. This revolutionary product is the first truly collapsible display and the only device that gives you both portability and a large screen for entertainment and productivity. Throughout the spot design process, we focus I on... Show, let's, let's not show the whole thing, but wow. I know, because, Robbie, you've got the little projector thing, haven't you? And I just thought that would be right up your street. Well, I've got the little projector, and I've got those tiny little um, G-Sheet screens, which are great, but they're, they're only 13-inch. 
Um, that's 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 cool. How much how much was that? That was about three hundred and fifty bucks, but I'm afraid uh, it sold out. They raised six hundred and fifty seven thousand uh, dollars. Sorry, you'll be able to get it afterwards, won't you? I mean, once Kickstarters are done, usually yeah, you yeah, can get these. So. Yeah, I, I was really excited about this. Then I read the disp- the, um, the 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 resolution is only twelve eighty by seven twenty, so it's not massively massive. Um, it's not even HD. It's sort of HD ready, isn't it? That one, but colour yeah. looks fun. I like the idea of it, maybe for some things. I don't know. Is that something you 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 could kind of get into, Charles? Well, I have a you know huge screen on the wall here and play about stuff. You know, it reminds me a little bit of the, uh, that movie Brazil. Where they made the computer screen oh, yeah. so small, they had to, had to put a giant magnifying glass in front of it to see. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, well, we've now made these phones so small. Let's let's carry around this magnifying thing. glass. Yeah, <laughs> it's hilarious. I, I would I wouldn't be into it, but you know, uh, I'm sure other people would. It is portable, which is great. But I just haven't found myself in enough situations where I need to, you know, entertain three or four other people to show them something. You know, I, it, yeah. nothing, I mean, I, I always have my iPad Pro with me anyway, so. Yeah, I suppose that's the thing in high res. I mean, it's the sort of thing that if you need to do an impromptu demo and you showed up with a sort of uh, wobbly bit of cloth, it might not show the product in the best light anyway. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, it, I don't know, it looked like a bit of fun. Dave, one for the garden, one for the back, one for the back seat of the car, the caravan. Trade shows, probably. So if you're lugging around or hiring a bloody great screen, you could lob a couple of these in your suitcase and take them over and make the booth look lo-fi. Yeah, but yeah I no, I was just, I was gobsmacked, really. That's what, 657000 of an original $33,000 goal. Yeah. That's what I mean, Well, it's I mean, going to go one of two ways, isn't it? Either yeah. you'll never hear from them again and it's the whole thing was a scam <laughs> or, <laughs> or it's going to be a great product and it'll turn up, you know. You've got to bear that. You've got to temper that by the fact I, I've got that little Sony micro laser projector, which is pretty much the size of an iPhone. It's pretty much that, just slightly thicker, and it's full HD and it auto focuses, and you can have an image of up to sixty inches on the wall. And I plug oh, that up to my MacBook Pro, and I can have logic on the wall in a hotel room at sixty inches, and it ah. costs it costs three hundred dollars. Wow! So that's that's pretty, you know. Yeah, I know that's a fair point. Yeah, you know, but I mean, anyway, it's you, you've got to have it in a quite a bit of dark for it to be, you know, yeah. good. You can literally work very nicely with a massive image on the wall, provided you haven't got some floral wallpaper or something. Yeah, oh yeah, that would be a problem. So then you have to take yeah. the screen with you as well, a, 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 some kind of like bit of silk. I think part of and the then, thing... And then you're right, up to, you're right up to Chicky's original thing. Yeah, I think part of the <laughs> thing about this is it's something to do with the, the cloth that they use as the screen. It doesn't scrunch. So you get a much smoother image. It's something along those lines. And it does look like the uh, on on the on the pictures. There's quite a lot of pictures uh, of it. Uh, it's got an HDMI input. It's got a wireless input, so you can use it with uh, Wi-Fi. And that that's it in use in what looks like a quite bright background. So yeah, I don't know. It's just a bit of fun. You know, Christmas is coming, although you won't get it till next year anyway. Um, I, I think that's but that's what's done. I think I managed to make it through pretty much all of the topics. Has anybody got any other business? I did challenge you for a uh, a, a, a tale of hilarity from your tour, guys, and I, I, none has been forthcoming just yet. Do you think there's anything that you could talk about that wouldn't incriminate anybody or uh, affect the statute of limitations for next time you go back to the states? What was okay? I, no. I, I'll start with it. What was the Best and worst gig 
in terms of you know just technical nightmare stuff rather than well names uh, protected to... nightmares. we we had so few technical nightmares we did a really great gig at this place called um gas monkey which is like it's based on the tv show gas monkey it's like a restaurant that's kind of it's like a sort of a venue that's got uh, is linked to that um and it was freezing cold it was like in texas but it was freezing cold almost needed to wear gloves we had like these big fire pits on stage it was like some sort of vegas show of seek read and roy or something <laughs> because it was so cold we had to have these things on um but um Oh, my launch pad stuff all just didn't work. It just freaked out. I think the the USB hub didn't like the cold. That was the only that was the only disaster. I think. I so don't what, think what happens happen. when what happens when that happens? Then does it just, just all, suddenly all the launch pads? They just all went yellow. All yellow LEDs straight across the board. Couldn't un- unplugged it. Plugged it. Yellow. 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 Didn't work. So I just had to like just abort and kind of think of ways around doing it. Yeah. Wow. That sounds yeah. like not not a great deal of fun in terms of live performance, uh, mm. but, but you know. I think the, the weirdest gig that we did was um, that I would say the the Houston gig that we did. Remember that one? Yeah. <laughs> Which was like this barn. It was in a barn that had been brought in from Kentucky, and it was a supper club sort of place, and everyone oh, was yeah. sort of sitting at a yeah. table looking up at the stage. You know, turned sideways looking up at the stage. This is the weirdest gig, and I, I had to mix from side of stage, which didn't really matter because they had, like, they had like a mono PA that I wouldn't have been able to see at any mix position anyway. So I just sat over by the side of stage and mainly mixed on on my uh, my sure in ears. Uh, that was a very strange yeah. gig. Yeah, I would have done that gig on acoustic. Sorry, he sorry, done it as an acoustic gig on the last tour. And now I think, because we were, we were in Houston, it was like, yeah, come back and do another gig. And we thought, we'll do it. And when we got there, we just realized it was the most inappropriate gig for us to ever do. People sat, like Chicky said, it was like long tables that sideways. So it reminded me of being in Hogwarts Banqueting Hall. <laughs> so people were sitting there sideways going like this. So everybody actually had to make an effort to watch you. It was, and it was, it was, yeah, it was, in, it was like, you know, it's just like an onslaught of electronic music. And they were like, this isn't the Howard Jones we knew from last time when he came with his piano. <laughs> he, doesn't play, he doesn't play either of the kinds of music we like, country or Western. Yeah, uh, so that was the only bizarre thing, yeah. Oh, well, that sounds like fun anyway. I mean, that's sort of, you know, on the right. I, I, I'm determined to try and string together it before I before I can't gig anymore in my life to do more than one gig in a row with my current setup. But I've still got to, uh, I did actually get, a, I got a Facebook by somebody uh, last week and they said, I'm putting on a festival in Puerto Rico. Would you like to play? And I was, I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, yes, but I can't really <laughs> see me getting a Dominion one, a Moog Sub 37 and all the other stuff on a plane to Puerto Rico. So I'm going to have really have to rethink my life setup <laughs> quite considerably before that's ever going to happen. But, but yes, in principle, assuming I could do that, which is why I'm desperately trying to get my circuit to, <laughs> to, to do as much as possible. But yeah, uh, well, I think that's probably um, us for this week. Is there anything, Dave, you usually have a, can I just, is there anything you want to add to the thing? Uh, don't forget, that we should, you could plug your Top Trumps. Top Trumps? Yeah, vid- Buy top, them. top Trumps vintage if synth. If it's good enough for Matt Berry to do a voiceover, then it's good enough for Oh, that was amazing. That oh, was amazing. I, should, I should have had the video up. I'm sorry, I could have played it again. I didn't, I'm sorry about that. I didn't think ahead. Great for Christmas. You probably just about get it, if you're in the UK anyway, you get it just in time for, for Christmas, wouldn't you? 
I think so, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, anyway, uh, on that uh, mind-blowing high-energy sales uh, pitch from Dave, uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, 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 we'll finish up. I think we're going to have one more show uh, before we go, uh, and I've got to go and find my Christmas hat. It's traditional, and find a little glass of something to drink while we do it. So uh, next week, next Wednesday, will be the last show before uh, the, 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 the break, and then I don't think there's going to be one until January, I'd imagine, which will be, I'm not sure when that's going to be. I guess it's going to be January the 3rd or 4th. We probably have one, but anyway, I want to say thank you very much to our show sponsors. Don't forget, uh, if you want to uh, check out the Isotope competition, all you have to do is tweet the hashtag MixAssistant and the hashtag Neutron, N-E-U-T-R-O-N to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc, and you'll be entered to win the last uh, Isotope Prize of the year. So thank you very much, everybody. Uh, that's it for this week. Um, Chicky, thank you for joining us. Uh, I hope you uh, get some more time to reacclimatize yourself to civilian life and uh, and have a lovely weekend and week and, and Christmas, if I don't see you. Oh, you said you'll be around next week, hopefully next week. So I want to see a hat, though. You have to wear something Christmassy. I have a hat. I have a hat. Uh, a, jumper, a Christmas jumper with lights on is acceptable as well. Just saying. Oh, I might have something like that too, or I can make something Excellent. controlled by one of those little workstation things. Excellent. That sounds awesome. Well, Charles, thank you very much for joining us. And also uh, Mr. Robbie Bronneman, thank you too. I hope you get a little bit of time out before you have to get back on the, on the yeah. treadmill of work. And uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, pleasure being part of it for after being away for so long. Yes, always good to have you. And, of course, Mr. Dave Spears, too. I hope you have a great Christmas if I don't see you before, but you're always welcome for next week's show, the party show. Thank you very much for joining us. G4software.com for Dave's stuff and Top Trump's vintage synth Top Trump's 2. Yes. Thank you. Right, that's it for this week. We'll see you next time.